Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever wondered why so many people in this world are so miserable? Could it be that God has made life that way until we find Him? Then, when we find Him, if we see the world through His eyes, life can become exciting, vibrant, and fulfilling. In Daniel chapter 12, Daniel is near the end of his life, and it's been a life well lived, despite the fact that he's been a prisoner of war the vast majority of his life in Babylon with little to no hope of going home. Yet he sees what God is doing, and the future excites him. Today, Pastor Jim closes the book of Daniel with his message, The Day God Fixes Everything. Everyone is going to leave here today with one of two positions. It's just going to be one of two. Either you're going to be trusting in Jesus or you're going to reject, be rejecting Jesus. There's, there's no middle ground. The vision continues, verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Now, what's, you're like, what's the firmament? It's the sky. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I think a lot of people right now feel that their sadness here on earth, they're kind of like, why bother? They kind of feel it's like kind of the end of the story. I mean, you have so many people quitting work right now. Did you know that? We live in what's called the great resignation. That's what they call it. People are just quitting their job. I, I I'm sorry, I, I quit. Okay, why? Could we, you know, exit interview, why? I don't feel fulfilled. Really? You've only been here three weeks. I don't feel like I'm making a contribution. You've only been here two days. You're still in training. I understand that, you know, years ago, if, <laughs> I just always think of telling my, gra my grandfather, I want a job where I feel fulfilled. He's like, no, you want a job where you eat. But, but maybe it's not the job. Maybe it's just you're not fulfilled. Daniel counters with the wise will look beyond that to the Lord and find their satisfaction in him. That doesn't mean life won't be hard. But it means that you're not looking for your satisfaction in a job. Nothing wrong with loving your job. I hope you love your job. I, I haven't gone to work in so many years. You're like, well, you're a pastor. You don't work. We understand that. No, but I, I own companies and I, I don't go to work. It's not work to me. A couple of days I've had in the past two years where it's felt like work. I'm like, ew, is this what it feels like? You know? But normally, I, most of my life, I get up and I, I, just, I always say, I hear trumpets in the morning. I, can't, I couldn't, couldn't wait to go. C.S. Lewis wrote these words, oh, this brother could write. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Have you ever thought of something like that? Have you ever thought that your dissatisfaction with this world is because you are a pilgrim? What are pilgrims? Pilgrims are people who don't, they're not home, they're, they're on their way home. 
So maybe your dissatisfaction is that this world is not your home. You're a citizen of heaven. Some of you are like, well, I'm not so sure I buy all that stuff. Well, if you sang the first song, you sang it in that one too. Citizens of heaven above. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you still sense the emptiness of this life. You still sense that that there has to be more than this. Whenever I talk to somebody who says, you go in the ground and you die and that's it. I always say, then, then why do you live your life the way you do? I mean, really? If, the, if this is it, most people lead just kind of like ordinary lives. There's nothing wrong with ordinary lives. But if this is it, I would die of boredom. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, you might say to yourself, the problem I have is that there seems like there's more to this life, but I don't know what it is. Let me tell you what it is. Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has put eternity in your heart. That's what he did. He put eternity in your heart. So you really can't find true lifelong satisfaction in this world. You can't. You might find it for a couple weeks, a couple years, a couple decades may even. But ultimately, there's that knowing feeling inside of you that there must be more than this. Augustine put it this way. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. I mean, no wonder there are so many people that are so broken. No wonder there are so many people that are so dissatisfied with this life. Even followers of Jesus are looking for satisfaction in so many of the wrong places. That's one of the things I loved about becoming a Christian. If you're young, I didn't become one till I was 29. So that was about five years ago. I didn't become a Christian till I was 29. And you know what I loved about it? Work became exciting. Everyday work was exciting. I would be like, I'd have a truck coming over the George Washington Bridge and it's snowing. You know, we used to have these things called Nextels back in the day. And he'd be like, I'm coming over the bridge. I can't see anything in front of me. And I'm like, you've got 30 minutes to get to Patterson. 28 minutes later, loaded in Patterson. What's next, boss? See, back then, before I was a Christian, I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. when I became a Christian, I was like, God, you got a problem. You got a problem. I loved it. And this whole thing about being wise is really the vision of our church. It says, it says here, those who turn many to righteousness. What is the vision of our church? Helping people grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do. We want to turn people to righteousness. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 43, such people who turn people to righteousness will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our father. Now, you know, God doesn't really 
in the Bible, a lot of times take certain groups of his people and segment them. That doesn't happen that often. But here's one of those instances. He says, you will shine. Jesus says, you will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our father. Let me ask you a question. Does that sound boring to you? Not at all. People say, oh, heaven's going to be boring. It is the endless glory of the kingdom of heaven. And these words should be a joy to us for the potential and for the challenge of the grace-motivated effort required of us to do kingdom work here on earth. Now, here's where you have to just stop for a second on being an American. Please stop from being an American because Americans say this, go big or go home. What a bunch of baloney. Seriously. You know what? Some of you are working hard at your job. You're putting food on your table and that is honorable. Some of you, maybe you own a business and you, you know, you, you don't have this big conglomerate of a, of a company, but you know what? You're trying your best. Maybe it's going good. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like my company. We got a lot of money. It's just in our customer's bank, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but you're doing the best you can. It's okay. Sometimes you try something and it doesn't work. Bless them, man. You got up and you took a swing. You, you took a shot at it. Stop listening to what the world, stop reading articles, articles about the 18 people who really make it. They're just flukes. You watch them on TV, you're like, they're not so smart. Stop, so stop thinking that way. Be the best of who God has made you to be. Jesus, Jesus said, if you give a cup of water to someone in my name, that's a big deal in heaven. Could you imagine that? Now, that's not handing people, throwing water at people at the marathon, wearing your Jesus shirt. He's talking about you do a simple thing, you help someone. You're like, I would like to serve in the church, but I don't know what I could do. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you got up this morning and poured yourself a cup of coffee? You could do that in our cafe. <laughs> you could push a broom. Now, some of you are like, what's a broom? The guys are like, the college guys, what's a broom? But it doesn't have to be any big thing. We must all see that we all have a role and that nothing is too small to be a star in heaven. Jesus is like, hey, come here, come here. Look at that guy. Look at him. Look at, look at that guy. And all the angels are like, oh, Pastor Jim? No, not that idiot. The guy next to him. <laughs> the guy next to him. Look at what he's doing for the kingdom. Those who roll up their sleeves will, if they allow it, experience God's empowering grace for, the, for kingdom service. They will influence others to remain faithful to the Lord despite the pressure of the, of the times in which we live in. And as you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, you will find that the Lord will give you insight and discernment into the sufferings of others. And he will show you how to encourage them 
or how to challenge them. That may not seem like much to you, but it clearly is to Jesus. It means a lot to Jesus when you come alongside someone in their pain and in their doubt, or you teach them some of the concepts or they answer some of their questions about God. And when you do that, heaven says, hey, there's a star. There's a star. Because heaven doesn't care what earth thinks. Heaven cares what heaven thinks. Verse four, but you, Daniel, shut up the words. That's not like, shut up, Daniel. That's not what that means. <laughs> but you, Daniel, shut up the words. Some of you have heard say, keep the words secret. I, I think the best translation is roll up and seal the book. In other words, preserve everything that I've told you. Until the time of the end, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Now, there's a great principle here. God does not want his word tampered with. Seal it up. He doesn't want it changed to fit our point of view, which is going on like crazy right now. I don't know that I would buy a book on the Christian bestsellers list right now because there is so much stuff that has taken the word of God and changed it into the opinion of men and women. So what would Daniel say if he came and read a lot of the Christian bestsellers today? I guarantee you I know what he would say. Oy vey. If he was from Latin America, Dios mio. Only the Spanish people know what I said. <laughs> So you can't tamper with it. There are many reasons for this, but in Daniel's time and in our day, in difficult days, we need the truth. And the result is if we study the second half, if we study this, look at the second half of the verse, if we study the word of God, he says, knowledge shall, shall increase. And that is consistent thinking with the entirety of the word of God. That regular immersion in the word of God produces in God's Sold out people, wisdom and holiness and knowledge. That's why at our church, we stay close to the word of God. There's a lot of smart people out there, but at the end of the day, it really matters what God thinks. Now, is that the meaning here? I don't think so. I think he's saying there's going to be a lot of people who look everywhere else there's going to be a lot of people who want to change what you wrote. And I don't think anybody wrote this better than Amos. Now, Amos was a farmer turned prophet, turned Bible writer. So you think, I could never really do anything for God. He's a farmer. That's it. Was it. I owned a trucking company. You know, God takes unlikely people and does crazy things with them. Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a hearing, but of hearing the words of the Lord. 
Notice he didn't say there won't be any words of the Lord, but the people won't be able to hear it. They won't stomach it. Or when they do hear it, it goes in one ear and goes right out the other. It never stops and makes a deposit in their soul. Verse 12 says, they shall wander. Another verse I love it better says, they shall stagger from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. So here we are in a crisis right now in America, and the word of God is right under the noses of the American church. But in our age, what are people doing? They're looking everywhere else. They're looking everywhere else. Because people don't want to do the hard work. They value experience over the truth. And sadly, the pastors all across America, I know because they send me the baloney. I don't know. I keep unsubscribing and they keep resubscribing me. They keep mailing it to me. You're nice people. You're just like, oh, thanks. And you just throw it in the garbage or something like that. I send it back to them. Postage due after the third time. Please, I'm not that bad yet. I'm getting crusty in my old age, but I'm still not there yet. I'm like, don't send me this stuff anymore. It's ridiculous because it's telling pastors how to grow a large church by not teaching people the word of God, but just using the word of God in your sermons, stretching it out, telling people what they want to hear, and they'll keep coming back. And here's the problem. It works like a charm. Now, I occasionally get to meet some of these guys. And you're nice people. You would not be as rude as I am. Doesn't say much. I'll say to them, oh, yes. It's just amazing. One told Pastor John the other day, he's like, oh, we all listen to Pastor Jim. Well, I learned the Bible. It's like, you don't need to just listen to him and you know what the passage is about and then you make it nice. I'll say to them, listen, I understand the church model you're using. How many really devoted, committed followers of Jesus Christ do you have in your congregation? And they all give the same answer, two words, not many. Not many, and sorry, but most of them are over 80. Because if you eat cotton candy all the time, guess what? You're going to get sick. Look down to verse 13, the end. The angel says to Daniel, but you go your way till the end. What does he say? Live your life. Keep everything in perspective. Daniel, stay faithful. You're almost home. For you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of days. The apostle Paul in the New Testament put it this way, Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I mean, what a tremendous motivation to live for God. What a tremendous motivation to praise God, even in the midst of difficulties. This rest and reward that awaits Daniel awaits all followers of Jesus Christ. 
when our faithful earthly work is done and we hear from the Lord, well done, good and faithful servant. We all know that this present time will pass away. This life will pass away. But those who put their trust in the Lord will endure forever. And the, and the good news of the gospel is this. It's all possible, not because of you. It's all because of the possible because Jesus Christ lived a perfect life in your place, died a sinner's death in your place, and to prove that God was satisfied with it, he raised him from the dead. So eternity depends upon Jesus' faithfulness, not yours. All we do is we respond to it. You say, what is the good news that I need to respond to? John 6, 40, Jesus speaking, says this. And this is the will of him who sent me. Some of your versions say, this is my father's will. That everyone, that would be everyone, who sees the son. So right now, envision Jesus on the cross, dying instead of you. Say to yourself, look at him on the cross and say to yourself, He's taken the punishment for me. That everyone who sees the son and believes, that's more similar to our word trust, in him may, some versions say shall, have everlasting life. The idea is the only way you and I can receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven is to put our trust in Jesus. And then Jesus says this, and I will raise him up at the last day. So friend, before we go, I just want to ask you this. Have you come to that place? Have you come to that place where you, put, you have put your trust no longer in yourself, but in Jesus Christ? If I say to you, why are you going to heaven? If you, and your answer is, because I'm a good person, you're trusting in yourself. When people say to me, well, you must be going to heaven because you're a pastor. I go, I am not going to heaven because I'm a pastor. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to be go, I'm Pastor Jim. I'm not going to say that. I am going to heaven simply for this reason. I have trusted in the life of another. And that is the only reason that there is a reservation for me in heaven because somebody else who I put my trust in made the reservation for me. I know that right now, a lot of you are very, very discouraged. I know a lot of you right now are very, very fearful. I know that a lot of you right now are under a lot of pressure and experiencing a lot of anxiety. And I know for a lot of you, your faith right now, it seems very, very wobbly. And you long to get back to that day when it wasn't that way. Just remember, the day when God fixes everything is coming. And don't give up. Lift up your eyes. See the glory of the Lord. See the risen king sitting on the throne. And may that change the way you see the world. 
And may it change the way you see your life. And loved ones, please, I beg of you, as you wait, and wait is not just standing around doing nothing. It's what you do when you're waiting for Jesus to fulfill his promises. promises. As you wait, be faithful because you are waiting for a new life. You are waiting for a new body. You are waiting for a new home. You are waiting for a new world. You are waiting for the day when all followers of Jesus will be with our King and it will be worth every pain, every heartache, every anxious moment, every depression, every bit of worry, because we will be in the place where there will be no more crying, no more sorrow, and no more pain. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.